right, so over the past year, God has really awakened um, kind of a calling in me. I don't know, but I've been walking with him in like visions and things so much more than I have in the past. And a verse that he highlighted to me is Psalms 116.9. So it's that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And that's just really my prayer for all of us, that we will be able to really walk before the Lord in the land of the living, that we're not waiting to escape the world and go to heaven so that we can see him, but that we actually walk with him now and like see him here. That's what he wants for us. Okay, so <laughs> there are three different visions that I had written down in September that happened while I was on a bike. I get the best spiritual time while I'm exercising. It's so much fun. I don't know what y'all do, but it's wonderful. <laughs> and so I was like biking back and worshiping and there was um, all of a sudden, this is what I wrote. It's like, I was riding my bike and praying for revival and heaven to come when Jesus told me that I am a seer, a prophetess, and said, what do you see? So note how Jesus, like, tells me who I am and then asks what I see. Like, he empowers you. He doesn't. And when he says something, there's the grace to make it happen. It's not what we are or who we are that's out of our own, like, worth because we're worthless without him but he loves us so much that he empowers us with amazing things and then when he asked me what I saw I all of a sudden saw a great lion near a large body of water like an ocean the lion walked on top of the water and across it until he got to a boat there were hundreds of people on the ship which was smaller than the lion and as he approached the people began jumping off the boat and swimming towards him when the people reached the lion they climbed on him and he affectionately nuzzled them, and the people transformed, becoming bright and luminous like stars, and burrowing in the lion's mane, and flying up in the sky. The lion roared, and a great monster came up out of the deep, screaming and thrashing and attempting to make waves long, large enough to sink the boat, drown the people, and destroy the lion. The lion, the lion roared again. He was not phased, and the monster roared in agony, gripping his chest and stumbling backwards into the sea, which was suddenly calm. The monster will never be seen from again. Then the lion gave a victory roar, and the redeemed in his mane sang and shouted and praised the king of kings who had rescued him. And so that's, I don't know, you can take that for what you want, but I think that the lion's obviously Jesus, and we're the people on the boat away from him that he's going to rescue, and he's like all-powerful. So although something may seem scary to us or like big and dark, it's nothing to him, and he loves to, like, embark with us and, I don't know, hang out with us and do, change the world with us. And, like, it's not because of what we've done. It's, it has nothing to do with us, actually. It's just who he is, and he's amazing. Okay, so the second one, it was, like, rapid procession. There were three. And after the vision with the lion on the water, Jesus told me again that I was a seer, a prophetess, and asked me again, darling, what do you see? And I saw Jesus. He was standing before me, and his robes were a rainbow of color that we don't have in this world. His hair was brown and soft and wild, and everything about him sparkled. He was beautiful, luminous, stunning. His eyes were soft and burned as with fire, but they were campfires, joy fires, warm, playful, and inviting. Jesus' arms were outstretched towards me, and I ran into his embrace like a child. Peace washed over me. He hugged me and breathed into my hair. 
And in that moment, I was completely and utterly content. Jesus wants to encounter us and be a major part of our lives while we're still living, which goes back to that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Okay, and then the last one, which is why I started showing this, because during worship, then I saw this room on fire, and it reminded me of this one. And one thing led to the other. <laughs> but Jesus asked me again, what do you see? And I saw Jesus. Beside him was a young girl with blonde hair who came up to about his waist. She seemed perfectly at ease with Jesus and stayed close to him the whole time. Um, Jesus had a bow, which he fired into the sky, and a flaming arrow arched in the air, landing in a field, which looked like an opposing army. As soon as the arrow touched the ground, everything was consumed by the fire. The fire burned bright and spread rapidly. Nothing was spared. When it passed over those Jesus had chosen, it cleansed them and purified them. In the fire, they came alive and became new creations, singing and shouting and lifting up tambourines. It was a joyous yet eerie and beautiful sound, and I couldn't understand the words. But the dark bodies, the tormentors, who had turned away, were burned and consumed completely. It was like they were never there. Then Jesus scooped up the child, bringing her into himself, and laughing, ran down to meet with the kingdom worshipers. Okay, so, like, I don't know. This just really reveals the Lord's heart. So he loves his kids so much, and he's willing to do anything for us. And so I think that reflecting over 2019 and going into 2020, we should come knowing that he loves us and that he wants to be with us. And if you have a question, ask him. He really, he responds all the time. And it's not because of anything we've done. Like, we don't deserve this. But he thinks that completely not like we do. And so Jesus, he's here. And he's so proud of what we have become. And he's excited for what's coming up, which has already happened, but still. <laughs> so that's it. Thank you, Noreen. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I just encourage you, if you want to grow in, in hearing from the Lord, he speaks any way he wants to. You know, he uses donkeys, billboards, bumper stickers, visions, still small voice, you know, and just, but uh, a great way to, to grow in that is just First of all, you have to get still. And in Habakkuk, the Lord says that, it, it, uh, he's saying, like, listen, all these people that worship the idols, they're, like, babbling stuff to these idols. And it says the Lord is in his holy temple. Be silent before him. And so it's just giving us, it's like, hey, when, you, when we come before the Lord, take time to be still and listen. And we need to hear from him a lot more than he needs to hear from us. I mean, he knows everything anyways. So, Janice, you come on up. This is Janice Ray. She is blessing our church. Wonderful teacher of the word. Good morning. Um, okay, kind of like Travis, I have to limit myself, so I made me some notes here or I'll start preaching. <laughs> um. Oh, wow. Yesterday was my birthday, so I can give lots of testimonies, <laughs> many years of testimony. But um, in trying to limit it to this last year, um, one of the things that I've experienced a lot in my life and uh, for myself personally and for other people is physical healing. 
I used to say when I was young that I felt like Dave married me for sickness <laughs> and health. That that's, that's the way it seemed because it seemed like I struggled with um, so many different things. But the Lord has been so gracious and so faithful in all of those things. And um, I'm one of those people that, you know, takes the word for what the word says. And, um, you know, Jesus, he prayed, he, t- he told us how to pray, he told us to pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's his standard. And so I've been like, why should I accept any standard less than what Jesus told us to pray for? I shouldn't. And I've been accused of having toxic faith. <laughs> and when, when somebody accused me of that years ago, um, you know, what I thought of was Hebrews eleven thirteen. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And so, you know, I felt like, well, I'm in good company. These guys, they, they died without having received this, but they did not waver. They did not change. And so I was kind of like, well, if I've got toxic fake, then kill me with it. <laughs> you know, because that's, as it said, they embrace these things. They embrace the promises. So just giving you a little bit of that just to tell you that this is, this is what the Lord has worked in my life over the years um, and really spoken to me. You know, to not let my experience determine my theology but let Jesus, the living word and his written word, determine my theology and what I confess and what I pursue. So um, once again, this last year, I found myself in need of healing back in March. Um, I had all the, it, it, it seemed like I had a bladder infection, but it's not an infection. Instead, it's a, a condition where it's like you have an infection all the time. <laughs> And so you, if you've ever had any kind of bladder or kidney infection, you know that's not fun. So every day to feel like you have that is not a fun thing. And, um, and once again, um, I'm a little bit, I guess, a rebel in regards, even though my background is medical, I was trained as a professional registered nurse, but I'm a little bit rebellious against all that because, again, you know, I'm seeking to follow the Lord and his word and what he tells me. So, of course, they want me to go see specialists and all that. And I'm smiling, <laughs> nod, like, okay. But instead, you know, I did do some personal research and stuff and did the things that, you know, in the natural. But at the same time, I was like, this is not what the Lord has for me. The Lord does not have for me to live out the rest of my life with a condition that causes me pain every day, that determines what I can eat and drink, which was very limited very limited. I mean, you know, everybody was always like, can you eat this? No, I can't eat that. <laughs> can you drink that? No, I can't drink that. But at the same time as not doing that, confessing and believing and saying, no, I will be healed because this is not what the Lord has for me. And I do believe some of what I was dealing with was the spirit of infirmity without, you know, not having the time to go into all those kind of things. But sometimes there is a spirit involved when you are having a condition, and so that needs to be dealt with too. So I did feel like that this involved a spirit of infirmity that had attacked me and was attached to my life. The other thing in the last couple years, again, like I said, I've had many different things I've had to be healed of and have been healed of, praise the Lord. Um, But a couple years ago, um, the Lord told me, he said, 
um, well, he highlighted a verse to me. He highlighted the verse where um, the woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and it says virtue. He said he felt virtue leave his body. And the Lord told me at that time, he said, there's virtue, there's healing in the body of Christ. Because I had always kind of been a lone ranger when it came to healing and those kind of things. I was kind of like David where it says in the scripture, everybody was going to stone David. And then, and it says of him, David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I was kind of like that. I was kind of like, you know, I got this. I'm strengthening myself in the Lord. You know, pray and confess and all that. But the Lord said, no, you're going to have to go to the body. And he said the same thing for this. He says, you're going to have to go to the body. There is healing virtue in my body. So that's what I did and got prayer here, got prayer from friends. And then I felt like back in September that the Lord said for me to go up to <clears throat> Dalton where the Flowing Oil Bible is. If you haven't heard of that, <laughs> his name is Flowing Oil. You can look that up on the Internet. So I went up there and got anointed, slathered. <laughs> they have bowls of oil sitting around that comes out of this Bible and flows all the time out of this Bible. So anyway, got slathered up with that and prayed over and actually got worse that week. And again, that's why I feel like this was probably a spirit of infirmity because I went into warfare. And it was like, I'm going to, you know, no, I've gotten anointed. I've been prayed over. I am healed. It was declared I was healed. I'm declared I'm healed. I'm healed. Had about a week of intense warfare, and then all the symptoms left. And I have been totally healed since then and can eat or drink anything that I want to. So praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, God wants to heal the whole person, and everybody that came to Jesus was healed, and um, you just have to, sometimes it looks like that, like Janice had, she had to fight for it, you know, and, and the Lord broke through and brought her complete deliverance from that, and um, so that's good. Elliot, why don't you come on up, man? Good morning. Um, so, yeah, like Travis said, he uh, was wanting us to share maybe a testimony from the last year or something faith building. And uh, when I saw faith building, um, it really stuck out to me because um, I'm really learning a lot about faith, and uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but, uh, to start off, oh, just a little, uh, note too. So like sometimes when people talk about, uh, things relating to the gospel, um, like th there's a lot of two sides to the same coin type of thing. So like in Ecclesiastes, they talk about like, there's a time to, build and there's a time to tear down, there's a time to harvest, there's a time to sow, there's a time to kill, a time to heal. So like just because we talk about like one aspect of the Lord, it doesn't diminish the other aspect. Like um, so sometimes you hear something and you're like, well, 
That's like, for instance, like if we're supposed to work hard and be diligent, that that's true. But it's also true that we're supposed to just rest and like, you know, accept God's grace. And so, so there can be like two truths that seem opposite, but they're one being valid doesn't invalidate the other. Um, but anyway, to so some of the stuff I may talk about, it may sound like, well, that's not really like what I like to focus on, but I don't think any aspect of God is any less important or more important than any other aspect of God. Um, so just bear with me. Uh, so a picture's worth a thousand words, so I uh, brought a few pictures. Uh, this is me with Miss Ann and uh, three guys we met. Uh, this was, I think, the beginning of the summer. <clears throat> and... Uh, I think uh, her name's uh, Lori or Laura. I haven't seen her very much, um, so I don't haven't got to know her as well as Miss Ann. Um, so that's a testimony right there. Miss um, Ann was able to just pour into these guys' lives, and uh, it was a pretty cool moment. Uh, so this is uh, me and my wife Kendra and uh, Greg at the Sukkot uh, celebration. It's uh, Will and Phil in the back. Um, that's a testimony, like, one big thing for me is uh, community and, like, being around people. Uh, I think uh, I think that's a good thing. You want to talk about faith building, uh, just get out there and be around other people. Uh, that man, Greg, uh, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. If uh, you don't know him, you should get to know him. <laughs> uh, what I like about Greg is he's, he's unapologetic, like... <laughs> Like, he, he doesn't care. Like, he's going after Jesus, like, full force. And nothing's going to stop him. Like, that man will build your faith right there. Let's see what else we got. Oh, this is uh, my baptism. Uh, that's Jeremy and uh, Pastor Travis. Uh, it's another testimony. Um, so thankful for my friend Jeremy. Um, and that's another guy that just, like, he just goes after it. Um, so one of my first times coming here, uh, first couple of weeks, uh, Jeremy came up to me and introduced himself like he does to every new face he sees. And uh, so we talked a little bit. And then somehow or another, like, he invited me uh, to just come over to his house and, and talk. And uh, he saw how uh, hungry I was. And uh, he wasn't afraid to... Uh, he wasn't afraid to to love me and um, just uh, just reach out to me and 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 be a friend. Um, and obviously, we all know how amazing Travis is. Like, I don't know if you all realize, like, what a what a privilege and honor it is to have Travis as our pastor. Um, like, he's. He's not going to compromise. Like, <laughs> there's so many uh, pastors that are trying to like stay in some kind of like box or denomination or set of rules. But like, if, if the Lord tells him to say something or do something, like he's going to do it. It doesn't really matter uh, if it's controversial or if he'll be misunderstood. And, like, his authenticity and uh, his humility is just like something that um, I hope all y'all really treasure. I know I do. So this is uh, this is a couple friends of mine. They're not 
and regular attenders. Sam's been here a couple times. He's in the middle there. Um, but I met them, uh, I think it was the week before uh, the Jesus at the Door concert, or conference, excuse me. Um, and this is us on an outreach downtown with uh, Michael and uh, Kayla. Um, so we were able to minister to them a little bit. Uh, so another little testimony there. Uh, this is me yesterday. Uh, I'm going to point out Daniel and uh, Haley and, um, and Mandy. Uh, we were at the, uh, the outreach yesterday morning um, at the Kroger parking, parking lot where we gave out food. And this is uh, Miss Jody. Um, so she was over there looking through the clothes. And it was weird because on one side, it was almost, well, on one side you had um, like all the volunteers. And then the other side you had all the people waiting to get food. And there was almost like no interaction. And I'm like, like isn't the whole reason we're here to like interact with these people? And uh, I guess it just, I don't know, people just tend to, like, form herds or groups, and, like, sometimes it can be hard to, to cross those boundaries. But anyway, uh, she was, like, in a, she had a walker. She had a, a problem with her, her foot and some different things, and so I just went over and started talking to her. It turns out she uh, lives at Clark Gardens, which is where we went uh, to deliver turkeys. So uh, she remembered... Uh, she didn't remember me specifically, but when I talked about the awakening, she remembered us from that. And uh, so I was like, well, that's pretty pretty cool that, you know, I didn't know who she was or anything. And so anyways, it turned out uh, they had a lot of extra food. And so I had a truck. And uh, so we loaded it up and uh, brought it over there. Um, she told me a story on the, on the way there that they're, like, closing down. Uh, somebody bought out, like, their apartment complex, and they all have to move out in February. And they have, like, nowhere to go. And they're like, oh, we'll just, like, move out to, like, Elberton or this or that. And I'm like, and these people, like, they live in Athens. Like, they, they have doctors and, and children and, like, all these things. And I don't know, sometimes the world can be pretty, like, callous and just, like, not really think about consequences of, of things. And so these people are, like, really going through it. So um, I, I pray that the Lord uh, helps them through that transition. I guess they're going to put up, like, student housing or something instead. Um, my last picture is uh, my wife, Kendra, um, huge, huge testimony. Uh, she, um, I'm so proud of her. I love her so much. And uh, this is her <laughs> with her acceptance uh, to the radiography program at Athens Tech. And uh, it's something that we've um, really been praying for, but she's been working really hard on. And uh, that was a huge blessing. Uh, it's a pretty competitive program. Um, is one of the one of the most competitive ones that they have, and it's really hard to get into, and it's really hard to stay in. I think a couple of people uh, washed out this first semester, and um, but I mean, in, in that picture, she hasn't even opened the letter yet. Um, uh, granted, we did just get back from uh, going down the river, so maybe a little excited about all that, but we haven't even opened the letter, and uh, you can see Faith right there. Um, we, we knew she got in, um, so <coughs> I don't know what my time's like. I'm sorry, I'm going a little slow, but uh, so a lot of times it's 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 nice to see all the the fun, good, happy stuff, but uh, you don't really see what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and I think sometimes at church we're like, oh, we always got to put on like a good face because God is good, and we can't. Uh, 
we can't allow ourselves to admit that there is pain in, in, in life. There is hard times. There are trials. Uh, uh, Travis had a good sermon uh, this year about, like, you know, you're promised to go through, like, hard times. Like, that's, that's a part of it. Um, it doesn't take away from God's goodness. Um, but it's a reality. I was going to read uh, this text I sent to Jeremy to just give you a little idea of what uh, of what was going on, like, behind the scenes. I don't know if I have time for it. It's, like, super long. Um, I don't know. Should I read it or not, you think? Okay. So this was, I don't know when this was. This was way, maybe back in the summer, and I'm, like, constantly, like, thinking about these types of things, and he just sent me a simple text that said, like, how's it going? And this is what I responded, and this isn't, I mean, this is just a, this isn't like a, a sermon or anything like that, so th- this is just a little peek into, like, wh- what I was going through or what I was thinking. I said, I'm okay, just hungry for more and continually waiting. I'm fixated on the notion of what really only counts as faith expressed through love, Galatians 5, 6, and that everything not from faith is sin, Romans 14, 23, so where does this faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word, rhema of God, Romans 10, 17. When Jesus was asked about getting increased faith, he didn't answer directly but said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you, Luke 17, 6. They asked for more faith, yet his answer didn't seem to answer their question. Seems like asking for more faith is a bit of a misnomer because faith is being sure and certain, Hebrews 11.1, 1, and you can't be more sure than sure. It's either you are or you aren't. If you have even a speck of doubt, then you aren't completely sure, and this doesn't meet the definition of faith. Hence, whether your faith is the size of a seed or a mountain is just as effective and equivalent because it's the purity of faith, not the amount of it, at least how I interpreted his answer quality over quantity type of things. So my question becomes, how do I get purified, true quality faith, so I can express pure, true, real love to God and others? It seems to be word of, word of God leads to hearing, hearing leads to faith, and faith then leads to love. He gives us an utterance which we hear and believe completely, which manifests as expressed love. I want to obey God. He has commanded us to love. Love is expressed through faith, which comes from hearing, which comes from his word. There are many words out there, but not all are from him. Where words are many, sin is not absent. Proverbs 10, 19. So how will I know the word which he has not spoken versus the one he has spoken? When a prophet speaks, if the thing does not come about or come true, that was not what the Lord spoke. Deuteronomy 18, 22. So I only know if a word spoken through anyone other than Jesus is true after the thing either comes true or not. But faith is being certain what we do not see. Hebrews 11, 1. So this way of knowing if a word is from him does me no good in regards to faith. So I ask God to give me his word directly like he did with Abraham, Moses, the disciples, Paul, and numerous others throughout the Bible so that I can have faith in what I hear and not receive a false word or have any doubt that, is, that it is from him. I can only hear what he says if he opens my ears, can only see what he shows if he opens my eyes, and he only speaks what he wants, when he wants, to whom he wants. I'm utterly dependent on his grace and mercy to give me his word and the ears to hear it. So I wait. I wait and wait and wait, try my best to do my best. Knowing my best is mere striving in the wind and whirling about until his word comes and produces the fruit he and I both desire. Galatians 5, through 23. If a son asks for a fish from his father, asks for a fish, his father doesn't give him a snake. And our heavenly father knows how to give good things even more so to those who ask. Luke eleven thirteen. So I keep asking and waiting. It kind of hurts, but anyone who wants to live in Christ will suffer persecution. 
2 Timothy 3.12. No, no persecution is pleasant, but having love, joy, peace, etc., withheld for a season from my Savior whom I desire, seems like it feels more painful than receiving persecution from the world whom I have no desire for. The Lord disciplines those he loves, Hebrews 12.6. But is this discipline in the form of withholding his Holy Spirit and his fruit? What an unpleasant discipline indeed. It certainly does not feel pleasant, Hebrews 12.11. I know suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope that doesn't disappoint, Romans 5, 3 through 5. But I do wish the suffering was of a different form. But even then, the fear of the Lord tells me, be careful what I wish for, because things could be unimaginably worse. And praise God that things are as good as they are, but I still want abundantly more than I could ask or imagine, Ephesians 3, 20. But is it fine if this is what he wants for me? But it is fine if this is what he wants for me right now. His ways are higher than mine. And who am I as the created to say to the creator how things should go? Job 42.3, surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. So this whole idea of like faith is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal and it's, uh, Sam, can you go to the next one? And so uh, this verse in Hebrews, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who seek him. So like when I look at uh, things in my life that I don't think, that I don't have a peace about or that uh, are a struggle or are hard or you don't see something manifest like it should or um, I just have to ask myself, okay, like do I really have faith? Like, do I really believe God is who he says he is? And do I really believe he's a rewarder of those who seek him? Or am I looking at my circumstances? Um, and I ask myself the question, like, if, if God gave me one wish, what would it be? And I know uh, Solomon, uh, when he was asked that, he asked for eyes that could see and ears that could hear, hence wisdom. Uh, and my answer to that question is, I want to be in your will at all times, no matter what. Because I believe that you know what's best for me and that your will for my life is infinitely better than any other thing that could possibly happen. But do I really believe that? Like if I'm in a situation and my heart's really seeking him and there's, and it doesn't feel right or just like, like do I really believe God is who he says he is? Um, and if I could just read Real quick, this story. I wanted to go back to Luke 17 because, um, and I know y'all can't read that. I, I just wanted to read it to you, to you real quick. Um, and I, I use the NASB unless it says otherwise. That's, that's what I'm using. Um, but this is, where, this is where I was referencing in that text to Jeremy about uh, the disciples asked to increase our faith. Like, that's what I'm asking God. Like, increase my faith. Like, that's, that's what I want. So I was just curious, like, what, how Jesus uh, approached this. So... Jesus said to his disciples, it's inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to him through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, 
and it would obey you. Which of you, having a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? But will he not say to, the, but will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink? And afterward you may eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded, does he? So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded, you say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. And uh, so I know a lot of times we focus on, like, I mean, I know we're, we're God's children and he loves us and we're sons and daughters. That's, that's a truth. Um, but this is Jesus speaking and he's, he told us, I love that he put this at the end because otherwise we may be able to talk our way out of this one. But, I mean, he says, you too, when you do all the things that are commanded to you, commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. And that's just a reminder that, like, um, like there's no excuses. Um, like, God, God loves you, and you either believe that he is who he is and that he's going to reward you if you seek him or you don't believe that. And if there's anything that happens in your life that uh, leads you to believe otherwise, um, it's a mulberry tree. Just, just get it out of there. Like, there's no excuse. Um, Stumbling blocks, like, we don't need that. Like, your, your brother, like the, the statement about your brother sins seven times against you, and you just, you're supposed to repent. Uh, or is, he says, um, I repent, you're supposed to forgive him. Like, that was, that's mind-blowing. Like, that's not, it, it all makes sense to us now because we've had the gospel for over 2,000, or 2000 years. But, like, this was a completely radical thing, uh, and the disciples are just in awe of this. Like, wow, is this even possible? Like, I've never heard this before. Like, I want faith like that. And he's saying, like, it's easy. Just have, like, just do it. Like, just, <laughs> just say to this tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Um, and, then, and then he goes to talk about how, like, there's, like, we're all just, we come in, we come in from the field, and we're like, we expect something. But, like, the only thing we should expect is for God to be who he says he is and that he will reward us. And don't let anything ever, uh, ever convince you otherwise and just keep, keep persevering. Um, but, yeah, thank you. Jessica, come on. I love testimonies, and I think one of the reasons I love testimonies is because I can see God in a different way in each person. Elliot, I love your heart. It is, like, so full of love, and when Elliot, you know, first got involved, he was so courageous about outreach, and I, I mean, I've never really talked to Elliot about this, but I'm like, wow, I'm shocked. Like, I knew Elliot when he was a youth at Broward, so um, he's always been a, a kind kid, you know, but like as an adult, he starts coming to church, and he's going on these outreaches with Anne, who Anne just will, she'll go anywhere, talk to anybody, tell anybody about Jesus, and and I think I've changed my mind that it wasn't courage, it was love that motivated you, because you just love so big, and I love it, Elliot, I love, I mean, I think love does give us courage, but um, to see you go out and tell people about Jesus and share this morning. I love that. And, um, and so as I was, 
um, I have a testimony from this past year. And, you know, I think God shows up all the time. And, but most of the time, it's on a bike ride, like when we weren't intentionally going to find him. You know, I'm not saying we're actually on a bike ride, but, you know, we're just like going through life and all of a sudden there he is. So just be aware he's there. So um, in 2018, I was at a worship service and we were singing that song. um, I've seen you move. Do it again. You move in power, you know, and there's a part in that song that says you move the mountains. I, I know you'll do it again. And I have this thing, I can't like sing a worship song and not mean it. It's just, when I do that, there is this strong conviction that comes over me. Like if I'm singing something, I can't just like say it in worship and it be a lie. It, I don't know, I'm so thankful, but you know, it inhibits my worship sometimes. <laughs> like I just want to sing this song, it's catchy. And I was at like this big conference, we had gone to Texas, to this big conference at Gateway, and they had this amazing band. And I'm like, I just want to sing, I want to feel the feels. And he was like, you don't believe I'll move a mountain? I was like, yeah, but it's a great song. <laughs> and he was like, you don't believe it. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. So I just kind of sit down, and I'm like, what don't I believe? And he said, you, there's a mountain between you and missions, and you don't think I'll move it. I was like, okay, you're right. So the way I describe my relationship with missions, since I've had children, is kind of like a single person who really wants to get married. Y'all know any of them? Single people who really want to get married? They really want to get married, but it's not like you just go out to the mall, and you're like, hey, you single? get married. <laughs> you don't do that, right? I mean, you got, there's like a lot in between single and married. And, you know, you ebb and flow through like, okay, I'm going to get on this online dating site and I'm going to like just try to find somebody. And then you're like, I'm never talking to the opposite sex again, right? That's what they do. I mean, that was me in missions, okay? Just exactly the same. So over the 13 years of not doing missions, I did that for about four years, and then I was just like, I'm not thinking about it again, ever. So I didn't. It didn't hurt if I didn't think about it. So I was just like, Travis does missions, and one day I'll take all my kids on a mission trip, and we'll live happily ever after. Until then, I'm not thinking about it. So God convicted me during that song in, in September 2018. And so he was like, will you trust me with this? And I said, I'm not sure, but I'm aware now. So now when I sing that song every time, I'm like, do I believe you'll move the mountain? Um, yes, you'll do it again. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go get prayer from the prayer tent. I go to the prayer tent. It's empty, guys. Empty. There's no one in there. I'm like, I'm at like a huge conference and no one's in the prayer tent. Like not even people, no one, not, not people like me. They're like, I need something. You know, I was like, I'm going to go get these strangers to pray for me. It's safe. So then I was like, no, when I get home, I'll get some of my real close people to pray for me. And we'll try to wake up this heart for missions. Nope, didn't do that either. Um, Great idea, but didn't do it. So 
So then fast forward a while, and um, my best friend, Amber, and um, is she and her husband have a ministry in Kenya. Y'all know I was going to go to Kenya. I said yes. The way that happened is she has a special needs daughter, and I said, Amber, you need to go to Kenya. How about I come to Texas and keep Naya, and you go to Kenya? She said, well, that's funny, because I was praying last night, and I felt like God told me I needed to go to Kenya, and I told him I would if you would go with me. And I said, well, let's go. And she said, are you serious? And I said, yeah, let's go. And she was like, would you really go? And I'm like, Amber, it's impossible for you and I to get to Kenya. So if we get there, it's from God. So we just kept saying yes, and it kept working out. Like, it kept working out, kept working out, kept working out. My bag's in the car, and she got sick, and we canceled our flight. That's how that happened. Okay. So I got in bed 9.30, and I cried <laughs> because I was sad. Um, and then my sweet children, <laughs> when I woke them up the next morning and said, I'm not going to Kenya, they cried. Because um, we were all in, you know, like we all decided mom's going to Kenya on this mission trip. And so my testimony isn't that I have this answer for why that happened, because I have no idea. Like, I don't know why I didn't go to Kenya. I don't know if I'll go. Like, I have this money that people gave, and I'm like, do we give it back to them? Do I save it in case I go? We could always give it back to them later. I mean, it's crazy. I've got people's shoes in my attic. Like, maybe we'll go. I don't have answers. But my testimony is that um, for my whole marriage, Almost 18 years being married to Travis. I know. Isn't that exciting? I love him. <laughs> um, Psalms 3, 5, and 6 has like been our, ma- our marriage verse. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. And so I, over the last few months, because I really have been trusting the Lord, right? Over the past few months, I have felt the Lord say that when I need to understand and explain, like when I need to be able to explain the what and the why of God, then I trust my own understanding. And I don't trust God. And so I went, um, I had a friend who called me, and we were praying together, actually, and she was like, I just feel like, you know, y'all's verse is, is Psalms 3, 5, and 6, but I feel like the verses before that are really powerful for you in this season. So I'm going to read those to you. These are the ones leading up to 5 and 6. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And so, in, <clears throat> in trusting him, like the peace and the favor and the kindness, the things that come with 
with not leaning on my own understanding. It's taken on a whole new picture for me because I love to understand. I don't think I'm alone. I mean, we want to know why. Why did I not go to Kenya? You have your own thing that you want to know why about. Why did this, why hasn't this happened? You know, what was the purpose of that? And faith, like Elliot was talking about, really is God. Like it's faith in God and not in understanding. But I think I would get also stuck in wanting to defend God or explain. Like I want to be able to explain God. And I think it it causes me to be paralyzed in sharing with others about God because I want to be able to explain. And that is trusting in Jessica, which is powerless. But if I present God, it's powerful. And so um, so my journey continues. I believe he'll move the mountains. And I don't know where I'll end up going or <laughs> when I'll end up going, but I, it, the peace and joy that's coming in the process has been really a gift from the Lord. And to me, I, when I hear that, I was like, he, he did move the mountain for her to go. You know, so she was right there ready to board the plane. And so um, we're going to have a time of communion and what I want to do this morning a little bit differently is I want us to uh, all get our bread and cup and bring it over to our seats. And we're going to, before we get the elements, I'm going to pray for both the, the body and the blood part. And then we're going we're gonna to listen to this song called Battle Scars. It's really the gospel in a song. And you'll take your elements. I've already prayed but you're just going to take in in your own time during that song take the bread take the juice and and because communion remembering jesus that his body was broken for us and that his blood was spilled to initiate a new covenant where he says he will cause us he will put his spirit in us to, and cause us to worship him God's literally done everything for us. I mean, I, I just, that still blows my mind is that he would do that. He would, he's like, I will cause you <laughs> to worship me. I will enable you to be faithful to me. And so I want to pray over the bread and, and, and the wine and remembering Jesus. And then we'll get our elements and we'll um, listen to the song and just worship the Lord and, and, and take communion during that time. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken on our behalf. We thank you that, Jesus, you became broken that we might become whole. We thank you that you became poor that we might become rich. And so we honor you and we remember your sacrifice, Jesus, and the humility that it took to take the form of a servant, to take the form of a human and humble yourself and become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And we recognize that because you did that, you have the name that's above every other name. That at your name, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And so, Lord, we're, this morning we're here just to confess right now, you are the Lord. 
and there is no other. You are the king, and there is no other. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for your obedience to the Father. We thank you for your blood, Lord, that it was spilled for us, that it cleanses us from all unrighteousness, it cleanses our conscience, it cleanses us from shame. That you initiated us and brought us into a new covenant where we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we now have the right to become, be called children of God. We thank you that the spirit of adoption cries out in our heart, Abba, Father. That there's now a yearning in for more of you, Jesus. Just the, the same love with which the Father has loved you, you loved us. And now we get to abide in your love. So we thank you for the blood that washes us clean, pure, that breaks us free from sin, breaks all ties with sin and the devil. And Father, I do pray that this morning anybody here who needs healing over their bodies, over their minds, over their spirit, Father, we declare that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed. He was wounded. For our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed, and we have been healed. We thank you for it, Lord. We bless your holy name. Amen. So if we'll have these guys closest to the table, if you'll go ahead, and you'll just break off a piece of bread, take a cup with you, and come back to your seat. And once everybody gets back to their seat, we'll play the song, and then you can take it at your leisure uh, during the worship time.